0: Welcome back, creeps. Hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode of Weekly Creep. I have a feeling we're going to have some new listeners this week. So for those of you who are new here, I'm Adam. I'm Dulce. And uh, yeah, pretty much we come on here and we just tell creepy stories. I don't think I have any like personal recommendations this week because I feel like we didn't really watch anything.
1: I'd like to share that I finally finished Persona 5 Royal.
0: Oh, yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah, I started playing a short hike, finished that. That was cool. Downloaded Akka, a.k.a. Uh, so far, it's cute. Um, but then my coworker was like, here, play Rune Factory 4. It's a JRPG. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I'm playing it right now. And I think I'm going to have to give it back because it's so freaking boring. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Because, like, I've tried to play Dragon Quest, and I think that's a JRPG. Hated it. Remember that one? Yeah. And then here I am playing Persona 5 Royal, expecting all the other JRPGs to compete with it, but I don't think they can. And if, they, if you know of a game that can compete that isn't Persona 4, <laughs> uh, let me know. But so far, Dragon Quest... Was not for me. Rune Factory 4 is not for me. So that sucks. <laughs> yeah. And I know <laughs> but,
0: for a fact that these games are not for me.
1: But... Um, I, I So that means I'll jump back onto that AKA game. And uh, I think that's only like six hours long. So after that, I'll definitely be playing uh, Pokemon Violet.
2: Oh,
0: nice.
1: I know. So... I, and I do want to recommend... I've mentioned them before, but, I'll like, right now I'm on a Bridge City Sinners <laughs> kick. And, like, newly developed, like, is Amigo with the Devil. So I'm on board yeah. with you on that one. Um, He's fucking amazing.
0: Yeah, he's funny. That's why I like him. He's out here saying all the, the gross shit.
1: I want to dive into uh, music from Ren.
0: Oh, yeah. I... Yeah, I like Ren. Ren, he's out there.
1: Yeah, which yeah. is fucking cool. Did I can't we...
0: remember if I shared that one video out here. He went like viral not that long ago. So yeah. Sure, especially any like, younger listeners. Mm-hmm. I can be like, oh my God, yeah, of course we know. Like, <laughs> you old motherfucker. <laughs> well, I mean, I think
1: it's the old motherfuckers that listen to us mostly.
0: <laughs> that is true.
1: <laughs> so, fellow old MFers... Um, Check out Ren. He's pretty fucking cool. And there goes Yeah. Why'd you tell them about your Birkenstocks? No. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Tell them about your Birkenstocks. I think you look amazing in them. I think they suit you so well.
0: So, speaking of old MFers, I'm 32 this year and I have feet problems apparently. And I just invest in a pair of Birkenstocks, even though, like even last year, even two months ago, I would have said, never. <laughs> and I'm wearing them right now. And I'm not happy about it, but apparently they're <laughs> supposed to be good for your feet. So anyway.
1: And no offense to people that are older than 32, because I'm pretty sure we have an audience that has, list, you know, we have an audience of you. We are over oh, yeah. 32. We're not, doesn't mean that we're calling you ancient but we are old compared to i don't know 12 month year old or (laughs) 12 month old
2: babies
0: (laughs) yeah Yeah, no no this is just me transitioning into uh kind of accepting you know my gray hairs and stuff like that yeah
1: it's okay like once you get used to your 30s you'll stop thinking of yourself as old that's a very like teenager mindset
0: yeah 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 um yeah other than that we've been busy this week um 'Cause I don't really remember much of last week. Uh our niece, Mimi, graduated high school and then yesterday we went to the museum.
1: Yeah. Celebrating my sister's birthday. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: And then just today I started watching the latest season of Yellowstone.
1: I didn't so, want to get engrossed, but god damn it, that T V show is we got so her. fucking I think good. We got
0: her. Um yeah, a couple of weird things happened to me around the house actually the the other day. Um mm-hmm. So first of all, I spilled oil in the back of my car. It's a long story. I know I didn't secure my oil properly, basically. Uh, so when I got home from work the other night, I had to take. Thankfully, I have like a protective mat. This is not what the podcast is about. Don't worry. But anyway, I had to take the protective mat out of the car. The carpet was fine and I had to hose it down. And uh, in doing so, I went out the back garden, turned on the hose. And when I turned on the hose, there's a splitter on it, one going to the hose, one going to a bucket. So the splitter came on and started filling up this bucket. So I was like, "Okay, perfect. So I switched it over to the hose side, went outside to check. And nothing is like there's no water. Mm -hmm. So I was like, "Okay, you know, checked all the things. Anyway, about five or six times going back and forth because I was changing the head on the hose and stuff and trying to find kinks. The water had just turned off
1: that's so like weird like at the faucet like yeah.
0: completely tightened back the other way
1: mm-hmm.
0: and i was like okay you know it, it's like thursday it's a bit late i guess like you, maybe, you maybe i just it did it yeah accidentally yeah even though i had checked to see whether the bucket like you know what i mean whether the splitter was working and stuff so i was like all right whatever dismissed it and then when i was finally done i came back out and I was locking, we have like a door and then a gate. And so the key was in the gate. And as I was trying to lock it, like the gate just wouldn't lock. I was like, what the fuck? Like, and I was really like, at this point, because I was trying to rush out and go to the, to write this episode in the coffee shop. And the other key was in the gate.
1: Huh.
0: I opened the gate, I unlocked it with the proper key. Yeah. And then when it came time to lock it again, it had somehow switched. Like there's four keys on the key ring and it was one of the wrong keys was now in the thing. And the only people that were home were me, the cat, and your mom was in her bedroom, like taking a nap or
1: something. Huh, How strange.
0: Yeah. And either way, I didn't see anybody come out to the garage. Like, do you know what I mean? So there
1: was some random key in there. Yeah. That's wild.
0: Like, I don't know. It was really... And like... That's when I realized, OK, and the hose, like maybe hose I didn't thing. turn the hose off by accident. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, that yeah. was just two very strange things. But was, it was weird. It was yeah. just like confusing and weird. And I didn't like it. <laughs> um, and yeah, our friend Gordy spent the night at 30 East Drive, the house from the Black Monk of Pontefract uh, case, which was cool. He sent us like a video of some weird orb activity. And while we both agree, me and you and me and Gordy, we were both saying like orbs are very easily discounted and we don't exactly have a lot of faith in them. Right. But when he went into detail about this particular video that he sent me, because it is just his friend sitting in the room and all like what could be dust, you Mm -hmm. know, floating around. But the details were like weird. Like the piano that was in the room where they were at the time, like something just knocked on it mm-hmm. and then the orb started like there was none before there was none after mm. and all and it was the only camera that started doing it mm-hmm. it was definitely something weird going on and mm-hmm. i was saying like even if it was you know caused by the piano yeah like whatever knocked that mm-hmm. like, we still don't have an answer for what knocked that you know what i mean
1: right definitely unique experience it sounds one of those things like you have to be there
0: yeah yeah, yeah, you know yeah what i
1: mean i feel you
0: and then uh marie one of our Patreon members sent us a message about a haunted tour that she did with her husband. Oh sick. But I bring this up because like we love hearing. Yeah. I mean, we love hearing from you guys anyway, mm-hmm. whatever you're up to, but especially this creepy stuff mm-hmm. and uh you know, whatever creepy stuff you guys have going on. And again, if you're new here, we do titillating tales of true terror, which are generally listener stories that have been sent into us or just cool true stories that we found online. So if you would like to have us read out your stories, please send it over to us at weeklycreep at gmail.com. And I know like every podcast is always trying to harvest ghost stories. But we don't like if you've already shared it with another podcast, that's fine. Some of our listeners probably haven't heard it. So
1: Yeah. And I gather that people that are that have had um paranormal experiences, they like telling those stories. So yeah, yeah and we like hearing them. So yeah, just send it to us.
0: And then lastly, before we have our tarot card of the week, shout out to our Icelandic friend, whoever you are, who said that Indrid is actually a common name in Iceland.
2: Ah. Yeah,
0: it wasn't like, it had some odd letter that I'd never seen before, which obviously is Icelandic or something. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it was Indrid.
1: Cool. Yeah. Let us know if we're pronouncing it right. Yeah. Just curious. All right. Okay. Yeah, is a tarot card. Tarot card of the day is the moon. Today's message today. Rather than reacting to the events that occur, take time to reflect. If someone or something upsets you, consider why you feel so strongly about the matter. Does it remind you of something in your past? Though it may be scary or painful to look so closely at your hidden motivations, doing so will give you valuable knowledge about yourself.
0: How very interesting,
1: I do that sometimes, like when I'm really and I've got i'm like when it came to those blind boy tickets like I just I knew i I knew I was reacting irrationally, but I just I just felt like I couldn't control my emotions, but there are some times where like at work if something irritates me, I do sit there and I think, why is this so irritating to me? you know
0: it's something that I've been doing mhm just since like last year,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it does make me come around a bit faster yeah I think sometimes it's justified to be pissy and angry but yeah not always yeah and mm-hmm. i guess it's healthy to recognize that yeah or something i don't fucking know <laughs> we're not ask experts. your therapist
1: <laughs> yeah ask your therapist
0: <laughs> no but it definitely does like i try and find the funny side in certain things as well you know
1: yeah like it like for example if someone likes like a like a, a boss at work is asking me this question that's just this out of left field in an email. I'm, like, taking, like, 10, 15 minutes to try to formulate an answer and pull in data and, and all this other stuff so I could always come to people correctly. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm just, like, so angry. And I'm, like, why am I angry? And I'm, like, oh, yeah, because this is a dumb question that shouldn't be posed to me. <laughs> and she's asking me when she's asking the wrong person. Yeah. And I'm just, like, you know what? Let me just give her what I know from my perspective. And if she has any further questions, because it was a very vague question, she can ask the person who is responsible for these processes. And then in doing so this whole time, I'm thinking like, yes, this is a dumb question, but why am I getting angry over a dumb question? And it's like, it's because like, why am I reacting this way? Like, why am I getting so sassy? And it's like, one of my flaws is that if I already know If I already don't like you and you're asking me a dumb question, I'm going to want to respond in a way that shames you or makes you feel stupid, which is probably not the best way. Like you're not you're not coming from a good place when you're responding that way. And that is one of my flaws. So I'm glad that it took me an hour to check myself before I actually (laughs) like I'm so so serious. Like I sat with this for an hour before I fucking responded. Yeah. <laughs>
0: probably for the best.
1: Yeah.
0: We still have a roof over our heads. So. <laughs> so this week, as you've probably guessed from the title, sorry that we keep I keep moving away from the mic up. Um it's kind of Indrid Cold 1.5 or 2.0 or something.
1: 3.6. Yeah. 4.8.
0: <laughs> so my sources this week are Mothman Prophecies again. The Complete Guide to Mysterious Beings. And both of those are by John Keel. Visitors from Lost by Woody Derenberger. And a website called phantomsandmonsters.com which I will link below. I can't attest to its um, quality. But I found a couple of interesting stories on there. And so I'm using it. Hmm. Basically. Um, and this episode is a little bit like higgledy-piggledy. But... Talk about your synchronicities. Okay. I had a whole rant on Patreon last week (laughs) about synchronicities. and I remember. Yeah. And the very next morning after we recorded last week's episode, I was going through an online library of some sort. I actually haven't been able to find it since. But I was perusing some more of John Keel's work like, mostly just out of curiosity. I was trying to just, like, go through the headlines or the titles and just see, like, what jumped out at me. Um, But the first one that I opened up, which was called The Complete Guide to Mysterious Beings. Yeah, and that's the source. Yeah, I thought I had gotten that wrong there for a second. There was a chapter in that, I think it's chapter 14, simply titled The Grinning Man. And what I found mostly... Is that Keel's books and articles have been like republished and kind of re edited and restructured and just put into like a whole bunch of different compilations with different titles, like the works of John Keel, and then the next one's like the articles of John Keel, and then there's the articles and works of John Keel, but it's all by like some dude just trying to make like two dollars off every sale or something, anyway. I assumed that this one was just going to be... some variation of the Indrid Cold story. And I was right. But... in and around the retelling... there was more stories of... Grinning Men. Capital G, capital M... Grinning Men. And... they kind of helped me understand... why he's lumped Indrid in... with these mysterious beings. But like... then he also... as he strings his accounts together... They can be like very ambiguous links sometimes. Okay. He's not necessarily saying that these things, that these two things have like say grinning, for example, like they have grinning in common. So they are the exact same thing, Mm. just in a different form. He's not saying that, but I think he's allowing the reader to see that not all of these things can be defined. And I mean, as well as that, he's also kind of flexing and saying like, I have all of these accounts that I can pull from. This one has one thing that was had in common with this one from 30 years later, you know. He's not saying that they're linked or the same thing, but just that there's a common ground here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Bigfoot is a ghost. You know what I mean? Okay. He also shows that... He's all...
1: going to fucking draw. What, is he?
0: Well, yeah. Like, I mean, that, that's all what I'm saying. Like, Sorry, I don't... The paranormal phenomenon is the paranormal phenomenon. Like, okay. we can't turn around and say... This is a poltergeist because or this is a demon because the Catholic Church said it. What you know what I mean? I
1: thought you just like dropped some drop like some hidden knowledge gem <laughs> well, no, like that, Bigfoot's a the, ghost. I'm like, he's a ghost.
0: That's what the New Kirks say. Oh. And
1: it just means that all the paranormal is related.
0: I mean, in my mind that's what it means. Okay, yeah. okay. Like I personally do believe that Bigfoot is some that's weird cool. Interdimensional that's like an thing. inside
1: joke for the paranormal community. Or not an inside joke, but like an inside saying.
0: Yeah, for me, like, that's what I was literally... I wanted to get it on a t-shirt the other day. Love it. It'll piss off the hardcore, like, Bigfoot Big is a monkey. And, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, But, yeah, the way I see it, Bigfoot is a ghost just means who are we to define specific things and uh, put them into... Like, that's what categories. we do, I guess, as yeah, yeah, humans, yeah. like, as people. We go and...
1: like To try to understand and grasp. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: But then it leads lately in the last like four or five years i feel like the paranormal like community has started to go more into that
1: like communicate
0: yeah and be like oh okay this person had poltergeist like activity after they saw bigfoot or saw ufo or whatever so maybe there's something else going on yeah whereas before ufo people and ghost people would be like these are two completely separate things yeah let us know if you guys want the (laughs) bigfoot because We'll get them for you. (laughs) Um, If you're listening to this, you probably wouldn't have noticed. But if you're watching this...
1: Wardrobe change.
0: Wardrobe change. We started recording this last Monday and schedules have changed because it's summer and stuff like that. So anyway, it's Saturday morning now and we're finally getting it finished.
1: How about that, John (laughs) Keel?
0: He also shows that all things paranormal cannot be constrained into specific niches, for example, in this Grinning Man chapter, he starts out with the straight up story of a Grinning Man in New Jersey. Oh, but by the end, he I have Jersey in all capital letters, so I guess that's what that meant to be. <laughs> uh, but by the end, he's talking about conical UFOs emerging from the ground in fields in broad daylight in the English countryside. Very strange. Okay. And, and like, that's the thing with these books as well. Like, there's not necessarily a story behind every sighting. It's mm-hmm. a lot of like, this is a documented fact. Mm. And that particular one was like, a daughter and her dad were driving down through the the countryside in Kent, I think.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, yep, they just saw this 25 foot tall cone emerge from the ground. Oh, shit. And fly off. And like, I don't know whether that was like the ground opened up and they came out, yeah. or it just, like, appeared.
1: It just busts no through, idea, but like that, the Kool-Aid man. Yeah,
0: but yeah, so the books are just full of these, like, millions of little, like, some of them are just one or two sentence long. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my god, that's, like, one of the most interesting things I've ever heard. No other information about it. It's like, well, I documented this, and that's mm-hmm. it. We also learned a couple more, like, interesting details about Woody Derenberger's story. Small details, like the fact that Ingrid Cole was apparently wearing sparkly blue trousers on the night of their first encounter. And this is like the real dirt. Woody and his wife actually split up within a few months of like this, the first encounter. Mm -hmm. According to John Keel, he was like remarried and all to a much younger uh, woman less than a year later. Mm. Yeah, she was another contactee. Interesting. Scandalous yeah um,
1: well, I mean, I think the story did sh- like say that she she didn't like that they talked to injured colon yeah, his family. she it, wasn't comfortable with it,
0: yeah, and it like I honestly, I might have read that in visitors from Landlos, mm-hmm. but the impression I had was like we were a very happy family, and we grew up
2: mm. with
0: injured cold, but obviously, I missed something or whatever anyway, um. There was a couple of things that I actually didn't get to fit into the Indrid Cold episode as well because just for timing and stuff. But I figured since I'm kind of revisiting this, Mm -hmm. this is like Indrid Cold 2.0 or whatever. The first thing is what the head of NASA told Woody during their extensive interviews, right? I think it was like one of the last things he said to him. He said that they had interviewed several other contactees all with similar stories to his own. And that they even knew the precise location of where they were really from, the Lanulosians. But when Woody asked why they didn't make this information public, they told him, quote, and this quote is in all of the books about this. Women would commit suicide, throw babies out the window, and this kind of panic would sweep the world.
2: Whoa. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because I've listened to audiobooks and all, and it just keeps coming up over and over yeah. again. Throw babies out the window. Wow. Um, but secondly, while Woody was being interviewed on a Washington, D.C. radio station, a college student actually called in saying how relieved he was to hear that someone else had had this exact same experience. Mm. So, naturally, this could have just been someone pulling their leg, but they arranged to meet in person. Woody Derenberger was on this Washington radio station with John Keel. And some other UFO nerd called Harold Salkin. UFO nerd. Um, they are. They're all UFO nerds. Because <laughs> right? I don't like... They they give their official titles, but some of them are like part-time actor in Brooklyn. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're UFO nerds. They're in the realm, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, they happen to be there. So at this point, like Woody had been relatively open about everything, but he hadn't released his book. And... So he had like a few things up his sleeve that weren't public knowledge, which if the boy spoke about it, these things without being prompted, they would confirm both of their stories. He told Kiel and Salkin that the Lanulosians would fly around on a, quote, magic carpet type of leisure craft. And if the kid spoke about this, that's how they knew, that's how they would know that he was being genuine. Mm -hmm. The kid's name was Ed. It's a pseudonym, I think. So the kid's name, we're going to call him Ed. And the lad showed up and conducted a two-hour long interview with him. And even though he was a college kid living with three other students, he seemed to have like a very down-to-earth, reasonable personality. And like he worked a part-time job at a restaurant. The rest of the time was spent studying. And the guys didn't even have a TV in their apartment because they felt it was too much of a distraction.
2: Mm.
0: Now, it was also the 60s. Maybe they didn't have the money for a TV. Mm -hmm. But... They use that point as like uh, to improve the guy's credentials. You know what I mean? These are serious studying students. Mm. So Ed's first encounter was very similar to Woody's. He was driving home one night when he saw a craft blocking the road and a man with a broad smile on his face stopped him and introduced himself as Vedic. He was about five feet ten, wore light blue coveralls, thick-soled boots or shoes, and he had a ruddy or suntanned complexion with large eyes, quote, like thyroid eyes. So I've looked this up. I don't know if that's a, necessarily a nice thing to say, but it's like people with that suffer with thyroid problems, their eyes kind of bulge out. like. Are, oh. You ever see those people who can actually pop their eyes yeah, out? Yeah, like that? Yeah, like okay. that. I'm pretty sure he communicated telepathically the entire time, asking similar questions like Indra asked Woody. And then finally he said... I'll see you in time, before ah. walking to his ship and opening the door. There it is. At which point, Ed saw a small ladder falling down to the ground and a hand reaching out to help fade again.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, this hand reaching out of the ship is becoming a staple in all of these stories. Like,
1: I think seeing you in time is also a staple in these. In like the Mothman like with injured is colt. It? Yeah.
0: Did he say that? I
1: I don't know if like canon canonically he said that, but like in the movie Mothman Prophecies he did. Oh. And I'd wager that it is true because remember during Hellier they like um I don't know if they was it in Hellier? I actually I think it might have been I've heard it on the podcast for sure. I heard it on the podcast. Haunted um, Objects podcast. Haunted Objects. Where they go to, like, cons and stuff. I think it was in the first episode where they do the Estes method. Right. And um, it's just Dana, like, you know, yeah. in the setup. And then, like, what's his name? Greg was saying, like, he'll jokingly be like, hey, you want to see something cool to, like, the to the people who come? And they'll be like, I'll see you in time. And then she'll just start, like, saying shit. Like, it'll be, really? she'll be quiet throughout the whole time. It looks like visually it looks like nothing's happening. Yeah. But as soon as he says that, he's like, "There's something that aliens love about this shit." This phrase. Okay. When weird. he says it, when she he says it to her while she's in the Estes yeah. setup, she'll just start like shooting off words and shit.
0: That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I, okay, I really didn't. I kind of left that in because I thought it was like a Star Trek y kind of.
1: Oh, I thought you knew.
0: No, I didn't. I just I kind of liked it as mm-hmm. a like that's uh what's the word like that's a really ambiguous way to leave a situation I yeah. was like, i want to start saying that mm-hmm. i didn't realize it was a thing um but and then as well the estes method for anyone who's not familiar with it is when you get a spirit box connected to headphones like noise cancelling headphones and you put a blindfold on so it's kind of like a sensory deprivation thing and then somebody outside like say if dulce had the headphones and stuff on I would ask questions and then uh, more often than not from the ones that i've seen i would answer yeah but i
1: i'd obviously wouldn't know what the questions are because i can't see or hear anything
0: like the questions would come through the spirit box it's very cool um
1: but like i would just say what i hear through the spirit box yeah and whether it's relevant or not is you know whatever
0: yeah she wouldn't know that we're necessarily asking questions at that time Mm -hmm. and the Estes method was actually created by the guys or some of the guys from Hellier, uh, Carl Pfeiffer and Connor. Connor Randall. So we are Hellier fangirls at the minute. We're just going through <laughs> a bit of a thing. <laughs> you gonna have to bear with us over that. Um, Big fans. So anyway, <laughs> Vedig says, I'll see you in time. Mm-hmm. And he fucks off. The craft then ascended silently and disappeared into the night. Ed went home and told his roommates, but they just kind of dismissed it. I guess they definitely didn't take him seriously. But it doesn't say that they like were worried about him or anything. Like if my friend came home even now and said something like that I'd be like do we need to go and get you assessed? You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Cuz that's like that's a pretty bold claim. But the next bit is this next bit is actually a quote from the Mothman prophecies. Then, one Sunday night in early February 1968, Vedig entered the restaurant where he was working and sat at one of the tables. Vedig was now wearing a conventional suit with a black overcoat. Do you remember me? Vedig asked. I sure do, Ed answered, very surprised. They exchanged a few words and Ed brought him a cup of coffee. My presence here would be detrimental to the family trade, Vedig said at one point with a chuckle. He asked Ed, he asked Ed if he would be willing to meet him the following Sunday. Ed agreed and Vedig left the restaurant. I'll see you in time, he promised. After work the following Sunday, a waitress drove Ed home and dropped him off. As she pulled away, a big black car with its lights out glided from the shadows and halted at the curb. Mr. Vedig called out to Ed. It was a very old Buick, he reported, but it was very well kept and it looked brand new. It even smelled brand new. They drove for about 30 minutes to a remote spot on a back road in Maryland. When Ed got out of the car, he was astonished to see the egg-shaped object waiting for them. He was put into a circular room containing nothing but a couple of bucket seats and a grey TV screen. Vedig and his companion disappeared into another part of the ship. After a few minutes, the TV screen came alive. The object shuddered and Ed watched the image of Earth receding to a tiny speck on the screen. Three or four hours passed. He was still dressed in his waiter's uniform and did not have a watch, but it seemed like hours before another planet appeared on the screen, grew larger, and then the craft landed with a thump. The young waiter found himself in a place not too unlike Earth. He and Vedic got into a wheelless vehicle that traveled along a kind of trough. "This is Lanulos, Vedic announced with pride in his voice. So I guess like, this is laulose." <laughs> So Ed got a tour very similar to Woody and spent a long time checking out whatever they could. He was a lot more enthusiastic about the nudism than Woody seemed to be, (laughs) but he was also like 20 years younger than Woody, so I get it. And then they eventually flew back to Earth and drove him the 30 minutes or so back to his apartment.
1: That kind of reminds me of that one scene where Gabe from The Office was like, You know, I have to put up with people at the gym, like older men, without any clothes on in the locker room. And it's like, I feel like they are walk around naked, like passive aggressive. (laughs) Look
0: at my schlong. He was so excited when he got home. Ed, not Gabe from the office. (laughs) Ed was so excited when he got home. He didn't care what time it was. He was going to wake up all the lads and tell them everything. But when he got into the apartment, they were all still up. It was only 1.30 in the morning, which meant the whole experience, including the two hour including the hour round trip in the Buick, took less than two hours. Now he had gone for like a whole day, like he he had a time out there. Yeah. But this time the lads took him seriously. And then about a month or so later, As Ed was sleeping, one of his roommates heard Woody Derenberger being interviewed on the radio. And as soon as he mentioned Lanielos, this dude lost his shit. Wow. And ran in to wake Ed up so he could listen. And then that's how they they met up. That's cool. I thought that was yeah, like that to me gives the like the backbone of the story. You know what I mean? These other people are like, oh my god, we've heard this story. Mm -hmm. Anyway, killed it. Keel did go on to say that Ed wanted no part in publicity, but Derenberger kind of convinced him to talk about it at a lecture. And then Ed kind of blew up a little bit in like the UFO scene, I guess. But he really didn't enjoy that at all. So, all in all, he seemed to have had a genuine encounter with the Landulosians, And yes, both Indrid and Vedic were technically grinning men, but they wore their grins to dispel fear. Not to amplify it. Whereas, I think I found where the really scary Grinning Man description actually comes from. Okay. Oh, also, there is apparently a musical called The Grinning Man, which is possibly being made into a motion picture. I'm not really sure. I don't think it's related, but like, it kept coming up every time I was Googling this. So, in Elizabeth, New Jersey, on October 11th, 1966, around three weeks before Woody Derenberger met Indrid Cold, these two New Jerseyans... New Jerseyans, New Jersey people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> also the Grinning Man musicals aren't related.
0: Yeah, I didn't think so, but it, it is called. I was curious. It's like a happy grinning man, I guess. Yeah, maybe. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> everything sounds scary when you're like the grinning man.
1: Yeah, yeah. The Through empty trash life. can. Yeah, yeah. You no, know, that's scary to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then they put like a regular like Britney Spears hit me one more time, but slowed down and like really airy sounding in the background. Hit me, baby. The empty trash can.
1: Oh my God. Coming
0: to a cinema near you. Anyway, in Elizabeth, New Jersey, on October 11th, 1966, around three weeks before Woody Derenberger met Indrid Cold, these two New Jerseyans, people from New Jersey, were walking the road at around nine or 10 in the evening. Unbeknownst to them, however, New Jersey was going through a pretty large flap.
1: The fuck does that mean?
0: Okay. My next note says I'm assuming everyone listens to us knows that a bunch of UFO sightings and activity is usually, is known as a flap.
1: No. (laughs) Okay.
0: (laughs) So I leave these descriptions in because I do have to remember that like a lot of people just want some weirdness in their lives. They're not reading fucking books every week about this stuff. But the official term for a bunch of UFO activity or sightings mm. in an area or just over a certain amount of time is a UFO flap. Lit. Don't know who coined the phrase. And I also don't know the precise definition. But like I said, I think it's when multiple people report separate sightings or, or experiences within a specific amount of time or mm. at the one place.
1: The flappage.
0: The flappage. Anyway. This night, multiple police officers about 40 miles away from Elizabeth, New Jersey, were seeing slow-moving, brilliantly lit UFOs. But these two guys and Elizabeth had no idea. They were just walking down 4th Street. Mm. Walking down 4th Street. <laughs> I don't know. Why. I'm
1: walking here. <laughs> yeah, oh,
0: <laughs> I really don't know how to do a New Jersey accent. Wait for their names, all right? Their names are Yonkitis, Lit, and Mouse.
1: That's adorable.
0: Yeah. So 4th Street goes alongside the New Jersey Turnpike. And if anybody's watched The Sopranos, the opening scene, like the opening credits, Yeah, that's him just driving back and forth across the New Jersey Turnpike.
1: I heard as that far it as stinks. Know. From a, from a person who's from New Jersey. Like, they were like... It's uh, full of
0: factories and stuff, right?
1: Uh, I guess. But Dan, out mm. from Game Grumps, he was like, New oh. Jersey's beautiful. He was like, for whatever reason, it gets a bad rack because of the smelly turnpike. I'm like, oh, interesting.
0: Hmm. I don't know. I've been there. Is it smell? I don't remember. I was on a big bus.
1: Mm.
0: Anyway, this is a bit of a rambly episode. 4th Street goes alongside the New Jersey Turnpike, which today... Is just all walled off and like safe and whatnot. But back in 1966, they just had a sidewalk, then a really tall chain link fence at the foot of a very steep incline, and then the turnpike. So if somebody had like a blowout or just lost control, they could easily end up in someone's house.
2: Oh
1: shit. Like
0: come straight off the turnpike and just shot over the edge, right? Yeah. So like ah, oh, chain link fence, I'd be fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, these two guys, Yonkitis and Mouse are walking down the street They get to the well-lit corner of 4th and Jersey street. And Yonkida's nudges mouse and says, who's that guy standing behind you?
1: And the mouse is just like, beep, 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 beep. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> But like a bit of a heads up, please don't ever do that to me. Like anyone mm-hmm. like ever don't like just turn around and be like, who's that guy standing <laughs> behind you? <laughs> you know what I
1: mean? At night. Yeah. Especially at night.
0: So Mouse turns slowly around, and there he was. This is a quote. Behind that fence, just standing there, he pivoted around and looked right at us. And then he grinned a big old grin. The man the boys saw standing there was well over six feet tall and dressed in sparkling green overalls with a wide black belt, dark skin, and little round eyes, which they said were, quote, real beady. And set far apart.
2: Hmm.
0: Kiel said they could not remember seeing any hair, ears, or nose on this figure, nor did they notice hands. Now, to me, that just sounds like he had regular, nondescript features. But I guess it could also mean that he had none. Okay. Which would make for like a genuinely terrifying monster. You know what I mean? Like sure. just huge, big grin and eyes, nothing else. Yeah. But understandably, the two lads like didn't hang around to see what the chap was doing and they just ran home. They were interviewed by Keel and an ensemble of saucer nerds just three days after the event. And at this point, there was other rumors going around in the area that a, quote, tall green man had chased a middle aged resident down the same down the same street that night. But Keel and his ensemble couldn't actually track down the source for this. Like these guys would literally go door to door, like anything strange going on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So then in March of 1967, just outside of Point Pleasant on Camp Connolly Road, which even today looks very much like a lonely West Virginian country road. I Google these places just to get a feel for it. Like so I'll have like Street View on Google Maps. Over here. And that's how I knew that they have improved the safety around the Jersey Turnpike Mm -hmm. today. The Lily family were experiencing a whole slew of strange goings on. It had started out the previous autumn when the family's home seemed to have suddenly become haunted. Doors slammed in the middle of the night, strange noises, and even the sound of a baby crying that was so convincing that Mrs. Lily searched the house for this mysterious baby.
1: Ghost baby.
0: Ghost baby. (laughs) <laughs> that is, like, really scary, I think. Over the course of about six or seven months, the family had begun to witness all sorts of UFOs and strange lights passing over their property, which happened so frequently that they knew when their TV started acting up, it meant that there was a UFO passing by. Mm. Mrs. Lilly said, quote, We've seen all kinds of things. Blue lights, green lights, red lights. Things that change colour. Some of them have been so low that we thought we could see diamond-shaped windows in them, and none of them made any noise at all. The family had kept all of this quiet, but of course, with all the eager wannabe UFO nerds in Point Pleasant at this time, again, the Mothman sightings were happening. Woody Derenberger's thing was going on all around this time. The flapping. Yeah, the flapping. (laughs) So people were just waiting for the next big thing Mm -hmm. so they could grab their arctic 32 quart coolers <laughs> fill them up with sandwiches and head on out
1: <laughs> cooler nerd
0: yeah i really want this new cooler <laughs> and i don't know whether i'm just being sold on it because uh like there's cool pictures online <laughs> i eat my lunch in the park now though so i need to keep my stuff cool you know yeah anyway it wasn't long before word got out that there was strangeness afoot out on an old camp Conley road and so the typical onlook- onlookers showed up in droves to stake out the area for UFO activity. And apparently most people saw something at one point or another. This location is actually not too far from the infamous TNT area where Mothman had been sighted on more than one occasion. And even, I think this could be wrong, Mary Hyer, from the Mothman Prophecies, she's the one who collected so many stories and cases I think she even had an encounter at the TNT factory or area. And it was basically this place where, after World War II, I think they had all of this leftover fucking nitroglycerin or whatever they use, and they needed somewhere to put it. So they were like, shit, okay, let's put it here. And it's now called the TNT area. It's those weird, echoey dome buildings.
1: Mm-hmm. I remember.
0: Yeah. So all of this activity led Kiel to interview the family and according to him, one of the key questions they ask all contactees and witnesses is did you ever dream there was a stranger in the house in the middle of the night? And would you believe it, just the month before the interview the Lily's 16-year-old daughter, Linda, had had an awful nightmare. She'd woken up one night and saw a large figure towering over her bed. It was a man, she said, a big man. Very broad. I couldn't see his face very well, but I could see that he was grinning at me. Mm. She screamed and her mom woke up. Her dad was a riverboat captain. He's like, I'm at the boat. I'm driving down the river. <laughs> um, but I think her mom just shouted in from the other room. You're dreaming. Go back to sleep. Oh. But Linda kept screaming. Right. Hit under the covers. And this man didn't disappear. Oh, God. While she was hiding under the covers in the protection of a duvet, this man walked around the side of the bed and stood right over her. Finally, when she emerged from her hiding place, she didn't see this mysterious grinning man. So she ran into her mom's room, screaming that there was a man in her room. And the account didn't actually say, but I'm assuming that they searched the house and this man was nowhere to be found. But the poor young one hadn't spent the night on her own after that. Mm -hmm. One more strange detail from this story was that from what Linda could remember of this terrifying stranger is that he was wearing a flannel shirt. So now we move into the, the other... man. Yeah, the other synchronicity from my insanely scribbled notebook. If you're a Patreon member, you would have seen this short video like the other week of me just shouting things <laughs> at Dulce and saying, You see it? Do you see the link? <laughs> um, you
1: were most
0: funny. But <laughs> I had this weird synchronicity happen in regards to what is known as the flannel man which seems to be like a direct cousin of the grinning man but in my opinion i think these things are two very different things strange familiars podcast is a show that has been on the air since like 2017 they're like they're really fucking good and i've said it before i haven't actually had the chance to like delve too deep i did listen to a few of their episodes this week And like they are, they're fantastic. Uh, The dude's name is Timothy. And he literally does everything from composing the music and ambient sounds for the show to making incredible artwork, which includes some really cool flannel man images. Mm. This is what I was listening to last week while our niece was graduating. (laughs) Because they were just like rambling off names. And I was here listening about the flannel man. But they actually have like at least four episodes worth of Flannelman stories, just from people being like, "Oh my god, I had this same thing." Sending in stories to them, so if you want to check them out, like go for it. Like it's a really listen binge-worthy podcast, and they they cover an awful lot. But anyway, in my opinion, if ghosts are just dead people, right? If that's where we're going with this. A lot of people probably die untimely deaths wearing flannel shirts, like just at work or, you know, I wear flannel shirts when it's like cooler here.
1: You Uh, know, I've never seen or heard anyone say anything about like seeing a spirit with like a velour tracksuit that says juicy on the butt. Like, how come we don't see shit like that? I think maybe we need
0: like another 20 years or something. Or maybe they're just so embarrassed about it that they just don't show up. Mm. or maybe the velour tracksuit was exactly what they needed to be like, I've accomplished everything in life. There's no need for me to stay here. Mm. I'm ascending to the gods. Where we all wear velour tracksuits, which (laughs) you see on the butt.
1: Or they all wear tracksuits that are sparkly as fuck.
0: Or that, and then that's what Indra Cold and Vader, 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 his friend was wearing. You know?
1: Vedig? Or Vedig? Vedig? Vedig. Vedig.
0: Yeah, yeah. Anyway, my opinion, my thing was, the reason why I'm separating them, just for the sake of this, is because I feel like a flannel man ghost can just be a very regular, like, oh, it's Uncle, you know, Carl or something,
1: mm-hmm. come
0: back, but he was a lumberjack.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: that's why he's here, or there's woods nearby.
1: Or a big grunge fan.
0: Oh, yeah, literally just, mm-hmm. maybe it's Kurt Cobain himself. Who knows? But I found more Grinning Man stories, just a couple more. On www.phantomsandmonsters.com.
1: <laughs> wow, really? Yeah.
0: Okay. I, I can't attest to their quality or their sources, but these stories are pretty cool.
1: Okay, let's hear them.
0: This encounter has been on my mind for some time, and I'm looking for answers or information. I just didn't know where to post it or who to ask for help. So they came to phantomsandmonsters.com. <laughs> I was 18 when this happened. Me and my older cousin, who was 19 at the time, were coming back from a family party. So our spirits were high, even though it was two in the morning. On our route home, there was a very long road that is quite wide. And on both sides, there are tall trees. Not something you'd call a forest, but dense enough to where it creates darkness on each side. However, on the left side, there is a thin strip of sidewalk. And on the right, the sidewalk is wider. So wide, you probably could drive down it. Don't, but you probably could. We were just having a heart to heart talking about various things like travelling, our family, generally what we want to be in the future, and things like that. We weren't driving fast at all because we didn't really want to go home. I caught something out of the corner of my eye. Not knowing what it was, I turned to look out my window, but I couldn't see anything. In my gut, I felt something was off, and a wave of sadness came over me for no specific reason. I just felt like crying. I was about to ask my cousin if he was all right, but when I looked up, I saw a figure run from the left side of the sidewalk to the right. It scared me so much because I'd never seen anything like this before. It looked almost like a human, but I knew it couldn't be as it was extremely tall and so skinny and its arms were long and looked to be thin. Mm. My cousin slammed on the brakes and I knew he had just seen what I saw. Wanting to know what it was, I looked to the right side and I was utterly confused. A man on the right sidewalk was sitting there next to his bike. He looked at us and smiled. He was wearing cycling gear and his bike was on the ground. I was shocked and confused because why would he be cycling at two in the morning? I crawled over the console and leaned over my cousin so my face was right up to the window. I stared at the man as he smiled back at me, but his smile had changed. It was so wide and toothy. He looked kind of normal, but so out of place. As I examined him more, I noticed he only had one ear, and where the other one should be was totally flat. But everything else was just like you'd expect a human to look. The man stood up, and my cousin pulled me away from the window and back into my seat. He drove off so fast I didn't even have time to look through the mirrors and look back at the man. I tried to talk to my cousin about it that night and various other times, but he just snaps at me, telling me to drop that topic and to never bring it up around him again. I know what I saw, but at the same time, I have no idea what I saw. Love that. DZ is that person's initials. So I like that one because. I mean, look, it could be anything. It could just be the ghost of a man who was knocked off his bicycle once upon a time.
1: And clearly, the like it had to have been something for the other one to get really angry
0: yeah you know what i mean have that like
1: yeah reaction like yeah because i feel like if it was just like a rando person you know they'd be like oh my god like telling his friends like hey why don't you tell that story about that weirdo that we saw You know, yeah yeah but like this must have been like visually something very unsettling
0: yeah and then there's the other thing of like if that was something pretending to be human like say a gin or something along those lines yeah the typical thing is that They always look almost human, but there's just something something off off. the ear, mm -hmm.
1: like the men in black,
0: like the men in black. Yeah, the the smile was too wide. There was too many teeth. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was just strange enough to be like if I was John Keel in it, Mm -hmm. I would definitely link that maybe not to the, the first Grinny Man. But this thing definitely wasn't human. I'm actually kind of picture like David Bowie, <laughs> yeah, you know, like body wise, like maybe like a little bit thinner, like a cartoon version of David Bowie.
1: I was picturing like an athletic a, a, a slender man that's into like athleisure.
0: Oh, just Slenderman wearing his bike spandex. Like, yeah, <laughs> with the padded shorts. <laughs> OK, and here's another one. I recently moved out of a nightmare apartment. We had a house built on the opposite side of town on an old on old farmland. I thought I had done everything right. I even had a ra- I even had a rabbi, I was raised Jewish, come and bless the house. It has been about 6 months since we moved in, but it seems like everywhere we go, something keeps happening. We have literally moved 4 times in 4 years to locations in 3 different states. I'll highlight a few of the incidents. This one, I'm really not sure what it even is, but I've seen it three times now. It started one night when I first saw this gold light fill the hallway outside my bedroom. Sound familiar? Yes. Remember that happened? to was like a couple of weeks ago. I think it was just your mom.
1: Yeah, it probably was.
0: But it was like this weird light all of a sudden. We were like, the fuck is that? (laughs) It started out one night when I first saw this gold light fill the hallway just outside my bathroom. I tried to write it off as a trick of the eye or maybe a passing car. A few weeks later, I was sitting in the living room and all of a sudden, this bright, golden, almost sparkler-like ball of pure golden light was flying about. It was flying around my daughter's room and then disappeared down the hallway. The last time I saw it, it was the exact same appearance. Still flying around my daughter's room, but this time being followed or chased by a pitch black ball. Hmm. It looked like it was trying to flee from whatever was chasing it. So I kept this to myself because I didn't want to startle my wife because it's a new house. But one day, she was telling me about how she was taking the kids to school. In front of the car was a ball of light that looked the same as I described floating down the road. The next strange occurrence only happened once, but still startled me. I had some weird feeling one night. I woke up to see a girl with long hair in a white looking nightgown standing next to my bed, staring at my wife. It moved towards my wife and I blinked and it was gone. Now I'm a very light sleeper and any noise in my house will wake me up. On one particular night, I was woken up by what I thought was my daughter screaming. I thought maybe she was having a nightmare. So I get up from bed only to see something that still bothers me to this day. Standing in my laundry room was a man in a grey suit. The top of his head was above the doorpost and he was, and he had the most disturbing, creepy grin. It was almost a comical-looking smile that went up his face. As soon as I saw him, he began to dissipate, almost as if he was in water. As he was fading away, I had an intrusive thought enter my head. This idea or thought entered my mind telling me I was not meant to see him. It wasn't for me. Even now, I feel as if someone is watching us, just lurking in the shadows. The next morning, I told my wife about what happened. To my surprise, she responded, you finally saw him too. She begins to tell me how she keeps seeing the same grinning man. She tells me that she has seen him in the neighbor's yard along the tree line, just standing there watching. When she looked at the side mirror to double check what she was seeing, the mirror was blacked out almost completely like a void. It's happened about six times now, in different places. She also gets these intrusive thoughts, but each time it's the same. I was waiting for you. I'm watching. The more I try to think on it, and try to remember the details of it, I get a migraine. There are other small things that happen, but not really noteworthy. Every so often I will see what looks like a shadow peeking around the corner, or moving quickly around the room. I just wish I knew why these things keep happening and that's from jv
1: holy shit
0: and again they're from the website phantomsandmonsters.com has some weird adverts on there but all in all is a pretty cool um website yeah just full of chock full of accounts for different variations of
1: paranormal stuff
0: paranormal spooky things yeah so we finally got it recorded thank you all very much Don't forget to send us your listener stories. I already have a couple in the wings for next week. um, But I would like some more. So Especially if you're new here. I know we have a lot of new listeners. According to our statistics. Most of you guys are new the last couple of weeks. Which is great. Um, So yeah. Send us your stuff to weeklycreep at gmail.com. Or even just hit us up on Instagram. And... Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel we just crossed 250 subscribers. Yay. Which was like a big deal for us. Um trying to get that to a thousand before the year is out. Follow us on Spotify, rate, review, do all that stuff. Join us on Patreon for more little weird videos here and there. And uh yeah, thank you all very much for coming.
2: And
1: uh That's it. Peace!